Hey, this is Jack Russell from Great White, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. Hi, this is Joe Bonamassa, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. episode 512 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. My name's John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 512, we welcome Dave Cowell. Dave um, Bucket, as many of you may know him, did uh, stints with bands like Samson, which obviously produced Bruce Dickinson and Iron Maiden. Uh, wrote some songs with Iron Maiden uh, for the Somewhere in Time album, played with Bad Company, played with Humble Pie, uh, just to name a few things he's done in his career. But what we're talking about today is actually a band that he is is uh, uh, quite proud to be a member of. It was formed by Jerry Shirley, original Humble Pie drummer. Uh, was put together as a legacy of Humble Pie, which, uh, just to be clear, does not include Jerry on drums. Actually, drums are being played by Bobby Marks. Um, but this was all kind of put together through the work of original drummer Jerry Shirley. So this is kind of a stamp of approval and a real homage to the music of Humble Pie, which included songs like I Don't Need No Doctor, uh, 30 Days in the Hole, Black Coffee. Uh, so, so, so many great Humble Pie songs that um, you may not hear on the radio, sadly, as much as you should. Uh, one of those bands that... Um, freely admit that it was fun to go back and listen to some of the stuff that you had kind of either forgotten or may have ever known. Uh, so it was really a, a great opportunity to do this for me personally. So we're going to talk to Dave. We're going to play a little bit of Humble Pie. We'll get into the interview with Dave Colwell.
Ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome Dyer City Rocks. We have Dale, Dave Cowell on the line. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing fine, John. Thanks. Great. It's a pleasure to get a chance to talk to you. You are going to be coming into Oakmont in September to do a show with Humble Pie Legacy uh, at the Oaks Theater on uh, September uh, 21st. Yes. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of your career. You spent um, a number of years with Bad Company. Um, I know you've had some affiliation with Adrian Smith. Can you just give us a little background on you and where you come from prior to this Humble Pie Legacy project? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been playing guitar since I was six years old, but I've been sort of professional guitarist since I was about 16 and grew up mainly in the English pub rock scene, which is where I met Adrian Smith. And uh, we had parallel bands in those days. There were so many pubs. We were all residents seven nights a week. So we played every week for three years. And that's kind of where we cut our chops, if you like, you know. Sure. Um, I went on to uh, play with Adrian and his solo project, Adrian Smith and Project, it was called. Um, I joined um, Bad Company in, let's see, it was 1990 for the Holy Water Tour. I'd previously been in Mick Ralph's solo band when Bad Company split up sure. the first time around. And Mick wanted to get me into Bad Company. And uh, I lasted what, 11, 12 years, three different lead singers. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a kind of a fluid time for the lineup of the band. Um, so we fast forward now, 2023, and, and you've joined the humble pie legacy tour which um for those not familiar i guess maybe that would be a good place to start there can you talk a little bit about what humble pie legacy is because i think a lot of people are going to say okay is this just a you know run-of-the-mill tribute band or what exactly you have yeah, in the band absolutely not a tribute band i mean we don't do you know wigs and makeup and all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. i mean this started, I, I was asked by Jerry Shirley to join Humble Pie in 2000 when Jerry was just come back from Cleveland where he was a DJ. Mm -hmm. And I met him when he introduced me at a bad company show. And we just hit it off. We're both the same size, short. <laughs> <laughs> We're both from the same town, Waltham Cross. It turned out his mother actually taught me at school for two weeks. <laughs> So we just talked exactly the same and just got on. And when he put Humble Pie back together with Greg Ridley, the original bass player, and mm -hmm. Bobby Tolch, who was in a, a previous lineup, they asked mm -hmm. me to play guitar. So we did some dates and did a record called Back on Track, which um, I co-produced and co-wrote. Um, we we'd had that going for about nearly two years, but Greg got very ill. And um, it was all kind of falling apart. So um, I got asked to join Bad Company again when Paul Rogers came back for the Merchants of Call tour. So mm. I did that. But Jerry and I stayed in contact and we've always been great friends. And seeing the success of, of Foreigner, actually, I mean, the manager who manages them was managing me in Bad Company. And he knew Jerry and sort of suggested, you know, we do a humble pie thing to keep the music alive, which is actually what we're doing. It's not about a tribute band. It's, we try to, you know, play the songs as close as we can. Sure. 
Um, but, you know, I mean, number one, there is never going to be another Steve Marriott. But uh, right. our singer, Jim Stapley, he's in that ballpark. He's 200% live wire, plays guitar, mm -hmm. sings, harp, keyboards, and, you know, and just lives it, really. So uh, we decided to to put a tour together and call it the legacy for the time oh. being because we're what the basic thing is keeping the music alive. A lot of Humble Pie fans never saw the original band, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was like too, you know. Yeah, I, I, I fall into that that category myself, you know, Humble Pie, especially with American radio, you know, there were 30 days in the hole, um, was really everywhere on FM radio and and I don't need no doctor. Um you know, those were hard rock staples, but wasn't a band. You know, I kind of put it in the same bucket as, as Queen. They just didn't, by the time I was of the age to go to a show, Humble Pie wasn't an option of a band to see. But the songs, you know, are interwoven in the fabric of so, so many bands. Oh, absolutely. There was such an influence on, you know, lots of the big bands now. I mean, when you see on you know facebook and everything posters come up you know everybody supported humble pie bruce springsteen mm -hmm. i mean everyone yeah and i think it's it's got a, a you know going through some of the old albums you know you, you it kind of reminds you of some of the great british blues but there's a certain element of hard rock to it that i think was even maybe ahead of its time you know when Definitely. you listen to some of those songs um you touched on Foreigner. I think that's a great parallel because, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, Mick had, had kept going as long as he could. And, you know, they announced that they were going to do one more tour, but his health has not provided that. And I think, you know, you guys are in, in kind of a similar situation where I'm sure if, you know, you could get, you know, out on the road with some members, it would be great, but you can't. So, you know, you guys are paying homage to it, but I mean, you look at the success of what Foreigner's doing. Foreigner is doing very nice gate every night, and I think it should be, you know, something to consider when you're you're talking about this because people want to hear the music. It, you know, the fact that you can't go and see the five original, you know, six original, whatever uh, in any band yeah. shouldn't necessarily stop the music. You know, these are these are incredible songs and this is, this with is reverence. This is done with great reverence and great care on Jerry's part. I mean, Steve Marriott gave Jerry the humble pie name on the, you know, providing he always put together a, a band of great musicians. And Jerry's been very diligent in doing that. And also, you know, we have the blessing of Peter Frampton and Clem Clemson, um, the, the Marriott children, the Ridley children. We, yeah. We, buy them all, you know, and, and explain to them what we're doing and why. And they're all completely behind it. Yeah. I mean, because it, it would be a situation where I think, you know, if it wasn't for, for Jerry, you know, kind of spearheading this, you know, it's a band that, that could kind of fade away. You know, I mean, the influences are there. And I think that, you know, the Humble Pie DNA is in, you know, bands like you know, the Black Crows, the Aerosmith, you know, it, it goes far into, into rock but it's still great to have a chance to come and see this collection of work because i think when you experience it and think 
you know, it, it's easy to remember the hits, but when you see, you know, you guys doing a full show, you're like, you know, this, this is some really great stuff that yeah. I need to go explore as a listener of music who, you know, I, I grew up in the eighties listening to music. So, you know, this is a chance of, to, to find a band. I remember the first time I kind of dug into Jethro Tull's back catalog. It was like, you know, wow. Or Thin Lizzy, I think is the greatest American example of a band to go explore Thin Lizzy because they were so overlooked by American radio. Um, but I think Humble Pie might be right in that list with Thin Lizzy of a band that, that was got airplay, but didn't get the breadth of songs that are there to listen to. No, I mean, the, both bands were primarily known for their incredible live shows. Sure. You know I mean, Humble Pie back in the day were untouchable. You know, I mean, we're striving to be as powerful a live act as, as they were, you know. Um, when, and when also in, in the set, we're, we're actually, because we're a huge bag, um, Humble Pie bag, company, yeah. huge Humble Pie, <laughs> sorry. That's different right. um, We're huge fans, so... We're actually playing songs in the set that Humble Pie never played live, you know, from their earlier albums as well, you know, to give a full breadth of their material. Yeah. So how, how do you put together? I mean, is Jerry involved in, in what songs you play or, or how do you? Uh, not you know, particularly. It, I mean, we talk every day and he's involved in everything, but he leaves the sort of musical stuff to me, really. You know, I mean, he's... Yeah, he's very gracious in that, and he knows what a fan I am. I mean, I saw the band in Hyde Park in 69 and said, that's what I want to do, you know. Mm. And, I mean, I've been very, very blessed. I mean, joining my two favourite bands ever, Lightning Does Strike Twice. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's 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 doing it right. Um, as a guitarist, when you approach Steve and even Peter's guitar playing, is it, how does your style differ and do you get, I mean, do you try to, to work to their style of playing things or does it provide room for some improvisation? I mean, it does. I mean, Humble Pie from the beginning were almost rehearsed improvisation. Mm -hmm. You know, the, songs, the live jam outs are very different every, every night. I mean, that Rock in the Fillmore album, they recorded four shows and they're all different, mm -hmm. you know, two days. Um, yeah, I mean, my favourite guitar players were Paul Kossoff and Mick Ralphs and, and Steve Marriott. So I don't particularly play like Peter, but what I try to do is take the, say, the, the starting of a solo, the hook that people are yeah. going to know, that's that thing. And then I, I tend to go off into a bit more of Clem world, which is a bit more bluesy rather than jazzy, you know? Right. But, because Clem's a fantastic guitar player as well, you know. Uh, I love that explanation because I think a lot of people can identify with kind of the hook of a guitar solo. Because there is, I mean, the great ones, you know, you, you, I was listening to Comfortably Numb a few hours ago. There's, you know, certain parts that really are the hook. If you left it out, you would be blasphemy. Well, I'm used, to, I'm but, used to that with bad company. You know, I used to do the Mick, Mick wasn't on the road. I'd take the key melodies that he did. and yeah you know, fall into my style around it, if you like, you know. And I've always had a similar guitar sound to those guys. You know, I'm all about Les Paul's P90s, you know. Yeah. That's the sound I love, you know. As far as a, a set, um, 
Can you give folks an idea of, you know, roughly, you know, is would would you say it's kind of a greatest hits or or you get the chance you throw you mentioned you played some songs that that Humble Pie didn't, but um do you kind of vary those out, you know, or or how you know, how does the set list kind of flow? I mean we you know, we obviously gonna do the bulk of um rocking the film or um, some of the songs from that record, they'll be a bit shorter because they were a vehicle for Steve as a, uh, you know, cockney conductor, if you like, you know. Sure. Um, so we're going to shorten those down a bit to give us more time to put in other songs. You know, Jim Stapy plays keyboards, so we're going to do Hot and Nasty and I Wonder, you know. But so going right back to the ba- Ballad of Sad uh Shaky Jake and um, Red Light Mama, Red Hot and things like that, you know. Okay. So you got a nice variety of that. Is there a, a particular song that, you know, you kind of gravitate towards that, you know, this is the one in the set list. I, I, you know, this is the one I grew up with, you know, the one that kind of changed me as a musician. Well, I, I love Four Day Creep. I absolutely love it. And, uh, and of course, uh, don't need no doctor. I mean, yeah. After, after the middle section, when it comes back in at the end, you can't help but the hairs of my arm go up just talking about it. And it's such fun to play. Excellent. And and just from a time standpoint, I mean, how long of a show can folks expect? Um, it will be at least an hour and a half, probably okay. two hours, you know. And just out of curious, did you have a chance? I mean, I know it's been 20 plus years now since Steve left us. Did you get ever have a chance to kind of cross paths with Steve? I did not, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, because living in London, I mean, for example, when I'm here now, I still play with Kenny Jones from The Faces, his band. He was playing with them for 10 years. Yeah. And Jim Stapley was singing for them for at least seven years as well. So London's kind of a small place. You do get to, you know, I've played with Ronnie Wood and Pete Townsend and all these people, but I never did get to meet Steve. Yeah, the the, the irony of the, the one guy that, that, you know, you ended up, you know, helping keep his legacy alive, that was the one guy you didn't yeah. get to meet. I think it was probably because, you know, he, he was based in America for a lot of his later sure. life. Sure. I mean, just out of curiosity, you guys have, you know, your September is pretty booked. Um do you know where, you know, is that it for the year or do you guys foresee? It'll probably be it for this year, but next year we're planning on doing as much as we can in in, in primarily in America. We really want to get the band set and go, going big time in America. I mean, you mentioned bands that are, you know, sort of influenced by Humble Pie. Yeah. Um, some of the newer bands like Rival Sun, et cetera, like that, but. If we can get to a position where, you know, we're hoping to do some middle slots and sheds in the summer, et cetera, you know, because, as you know, America's so big, there's always somewhere else to play. Yeah. And, and you know, unlike some of the newer bands, you know, they will sell out in New York and L.A., but Montana and Missouri, I'm not sure. You know, Humble Pie's got marquee value, you know. Yeah. How about overseas? Like, uh, I, it's always interesting, you know, when you see a band that you know was very British and it's in its roots. You know, 
do well in America, but maybe be strangers at home. Uh, is is the band got different kind of pockets around the world where the brand name is is bigger? I think mainly it was America. I mean, they used to do pretty good in Germany. There's a lot of bands, English bands, that play only in Germany. They never play England. Mm-hmm. You know, bands like Manfred Mann's Earth Band and Barclay James Harvest. And I, I used to play with them. Um, Roger Chapman, and we only ever played in Germany. Um, mm-hmm. We'd like to play England at some point, um, but we want to establish ourselves first. Um, when I was in Bad Company, we'd, we'd tour the Holy Water period. We'd tour America for nine months a year, right. and then maybe do three weeks in, an, in entirely around Europe. <laughs> you know? So yeah. it's uh, – and also it's, it's – it's not easy for bands to tour Europe with Brexit now. So. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is, if I'm not mistaken, this will be your first set of dates since COVID. Am, am I right about that? Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, we started this Humble Pie thing uh, doing a short run in 2018, and then COVID hit. So right. kind of. my garden's beautiful, and I've got far too many guitars that I know where to play. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to be getting back out there. Yeah, as a performer, I mean, I think one of the things that I, I at least, well, I should say, as a spectator, it seems to me that that people are really taking the time to appreciate live music more so than they have in a while. You know, seeing, you know, nice attendance and bands that, you know, you don't know when that might be the last chance you get to see them. I think that's one thing that that COVID taught many of us because so many great artists sadly passed during that period of time and it just became a you know oh no i can't go see this person anymore because sadly we've lost them um as a musician though you know can you talk about the anticipation just a little bit of you know being on the shelf for your living basically for the last four years and what that's going to be like to get back on stage well it is you know it's a thing that's um very high on our thinking because in England after COVID, a lot of venues went under. Sure. Uh, people are very um, careful about buying tickets for shows in advance yeah. because one of the band goes down with it and they cancel, they've got to go through the whole thing of trying to get their money back, which is sometimes not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also once coming out of COVID, the, huge tours and the massive concerts that were cancelled have all come together. Like It's like opening a train station and letting all the trains in from three years ago. Yeah. I mean, in London alone, in the last two months, you know, Bruce Springsteen, Billy Joel, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, yeah. Iron Maiden, it's just every day there's a massive show and, and these tickets are not cheap. So people can't afford to go all of them you know so it's a it's a bit of a panic mode oh god which show are we going to go to you know yeah. so we're we're really sort of any band taking on a, a tour like like we're doing uh, these size venues you know you, you sort of got your heart in your mouth hoping people to come out and uh, once we do get out and it will be a great show i guarantee that yeah. once the word goes round, it should be easier for us next year you know yeah, and, and I will say this from a, from a fan consumer's perspective, your tickets 
are probably in line with the service fees that you pay for some of those acts you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's quite a bargain, quite honestly, yeah. um, in, in a great, you know, intimate venue, um, you know, certainly not a hole in the wall nightclub or something like that. You guys are playing a proper theater, um, yes. you know, so it'll be a, you know, a great environment to see the show. And I want to thank you again, September 21st, eight o'clock Oaks theater, Oakmont, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. And I think a great opportunity for a lot of fans to come out and, and appreciate a catalog that I think is sadly underappreciated on radio. So yeah. look forward to seeing the show. Dave, I want to thank you for your time, man. Oh, my pleasure, John. Thanks, man. All right, again, the show is at the Oaks Theater on September 21st, The Humble Pie Legacy. Uh, Jerry Shirley put this band together. Jerry Shirley, who was the original drummer, uh, went and, and made sure that each of the musicians lived up to doing the music justice. Again, Jerry not performing that night, just for clarity's sake, um, but you will get a full night of masterfully presented Humble Pie music. Uh, if you're only f- kind of familiar with some of the songs we mentioned at the top of the show, The 30 Days in the Hole, I Don't Need No Doctor, an awesome chance to listen to a band that uh, I think as a as a child of the 80s, I know that I, I did not get a chance to appreciate. Um, I remember hearing I Don't Need No Doctor from Great White. I remember hearing 30 Days in the Hole from Mr. Big, Black Coffee from... Uh, to name a few, I think, at least Joe Bonamassa and um, on an album. So, you know, some songs that I think a lot of musicians that I enjoyed appreciated their work and their legacy. So this was a great chance to kind of go back and discover that stuff. So I invite you to come and check out that show September 21st. Tickets will be available. I'll have links on ironcityrocks.com for you to check that out. You can visit us, ironcityrocks.com, as I mentioned. All of our social medias are forward slash Iron City Rocks. Email ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys. And until next time, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen. (laughs) 